This is the deepest running back room Tony Alford has ever had. How's he going to manage it? He's not going to tell us. Welcome back to Snap Judgments in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. That is Bill Landis, Jeremy Birmingham. I am Austin Ward. Uh, practice numero trace for the Buckeyes in training camp. Got a little bit more pads on, a little bit more movement. We didn't get to see any of it, but we heard a lot about it. And uh, the running backs and Tony Alford weighed in on the progress so far. And uh, his favorite line doesn't have a crystal ball. So we don't know how Still, all these years, he's never acquired one? Never yeah. picked one up. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know where you actually purchase them, but Tony Alford doesn't have one. So I don't know, Bill. What do you make of uh, the early returns and how this is going to work out? Yeah, I mean, I, I still don't know. And I think I've pivoted from sort of wondering how the touches are going to be delegated to are you going to use the depth on hand to make sure that you kind of get everyone to the finish line in a way that they couldn't do last year? And I think that, like, in his own way, Tony Alford, I think, is thinking along those lines. Maybe he doesn't express it as such, but um, – and, and that, like, they didn't ride mine and Trayvon into the ground. They just got hurt. Like, but sometimes that happens. So if you can find a way to balance people's workloads and try to keep guys fresh and – because I think all five can play um, to different degrees. The guys did give you different things, and some are more explosive than others. But I think all five of them can play if, if called upon. So – um, as long as they embrace that and use it and don't get so caught up and like, whoa, this guy got 10 touches, this guy got 12 touches. Like, I, I don't think that's going to happen, but it can be a real weapon for them if, as long as they don't think along those lines. I think it's clear that what Tony Alford said is correct. This is the deepest room he's had in his time at Ohio State. It's maybe the deepest running back one to five I've ever seen at Ohio State. I've never seen five. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a new one. You could say that you have five running backs, but they have five right. legitimately. There's no freshman. There's no incoming – like, you have five guys. The one that has not played is a third-year redshirt sophomore um, who was the number four-ranked running back in the country coming out of high school in Evan Pryor. Um, you have players that have all played different types of snaps a year ago except for Evan Pryor. Um, but I still leave today. The biggest thing I'm walking away from this conversation with the running backs and, and with Tony Alford is if Travion Henderson is what Travion Henderson can be, Travion Henderson changes the nature of the Ohio State offense in a way that no one else in that room can. Yep. And we all had conversations at different times a year ago with people in this building about Travion. And there was a lot of like skepticism or questioning like what is going on because they didn't really know the extent of the injury that he was dealing with. Um, if he's back to pre-foot injury Travion Henderson, the entire offense changes. And I, I think that's what, like, you can say, we got to manage all five guys. If he's healthy and he's where he was as a freshman, he changes the offense in a way and he has to be the guy. That's my opinion. I think that they're, the most amusing part of this conversation with Tony Alford and, and five running backs and carries is that he was asked, like, do you owe it to the other four guys <laughs> to give give them workload? And it, the response was maybe not safe for work on this, but like, <laughs> that's the wrong guy to ask that question. <laughs> and absolutely not. It's not going to be a situation where it's, oh, you know what? We do think that all five are capable and we're going to spread it around and keep everybody happy. Like, if Travion is what you're talking about, Berm, he's going to get 60% or more of the carries. That's, that's going to happen. Uh, if he can't, Ohio State has a lot of confidence and, and knowledge of what Mayan Williams can offer them when he's fully healthy, has a physical presence with some underrated speed. They're really, you know, 
really high on Dallin Hayden. And I don't know how that necessarily factors into this. I, Chip Trainum is someone that I've talked about a lot who can give you something that's similar to mine in my estimation. And then they just gush over Evan Pryor in the sort of hybrid X-Factor role. But it, it's going to be impossible to put all five of them in the game, in my opinion. I don't, And I don't know that there's value in that. You, there's 11 players allowed on offense at one time. You could have a quarterback, five running backs, and five offensive linemen. And make I work. guess it's not impossible. You're right. It could work. I wouldn't do so it myself. You're, so you're lobbying to not play Marvin Harrison? <laughs> <laughs> in one play. Just okay, put all, just five running play backs. all five running backs. It's like an extended T. That's how yeah. I'll figure. That's, <laughs> that's super T. That's how I'll get my wish of chip it tight end. Did uh, so like we're bouncing around a little bit, so we're not there to hear everything everyone says. Was Tony Alford asked at all about playing two backs at the same time? Not that I personally heard. Not a proponent. He's not a proponent of it. Oh well, I guess that's that. But I, well, he would like if it's. If he's given the opportunity, he would do it. I don't think he expects the opportunity because of what, also what we're talking about. Who's coming off the yeah, field? Yeah, yeah. And I don't think he is spending a lot of time worrying about that. Yeah, I mean, they did it when they had Curtis Samuel and Mike Weber. And, and I think a version of that dynamic can exist with, like, Chip and Mayan as the Mike Weber bigger body, stronger type, and Trevion and Evan as the Curtis Samuel type. But I still don't, I don't think there's a perfect comparison for that particular setup within this running back room. So I could see why they wouldn't do it. And the problem was in that, era you had Mike Weber and Curtis Samuel and that was it. Curtis Samuel was the offense. Right. So <laughs> yeah. you don't you didn't have the the depth to be like, well okay, what what about Dallin? You mentioned those four guys and then Dallin Hayden is not in the mix. Like he's playing quarterback. Okay. Well fine. It's all set. <laughs> Done. Yeah, I mean it's just it is such a unique problem that you just don't find these days. And Tony Alford was asked multiple times like how did you how surprised are you that all these guys came back and like He'll say, well, I'm not that surprised, but hell yeah, you're surprised. Like, you don't expect that I'm um, in, in today's era of college football. So now you have the unfortunate problem of trying to figure it out. But let's get into some of the more interesting things as we scattered about to talk to those running backs. For me, and it was one day of practice, but also just hearing about the first three, we saw some of the wheel routes and a lot of screens. Like that's maybe just early day one installation or coincidence. I think that that's something that Ohio State perhaps didn't use as much as it could have or ideally would want last year. Mm-hmm. And somebody like letting Dallin Hayden get loose in a matchup against a linebacker or a safety down the sideline is going to be a problem. And other teams have used that some of that wheel route successfully against Ohio State. And you're just like, well, you, you got Travion. Who's going to go run with him down the field? Right. Like, I. I I wonder if that will continue beyond the first three days. They all try to say, well, you know, that's that's a question for Ryan Day and Brian Hartline and Tony Alford. Like, but it there was enough of it to make me think maybe Ohio State looked at the self-evaluation and thought that's something that was underutilized a year ago. I mean, the only running back they've attempted to throw the ball to, I guess aside from those occasional Mitch Rossi slip-out kind of plays, is Travion. But last year he had six targets. The year before I think he had like 30 or 29 or something like that. I I do think it's something they might want to do a smidge more. Like, is it going to become a huge part of the offense? Probably not because you got really good receivers, as, as we've said. But I, I think it can be a service to these running backs to not make every time they touch the ball be like, okay, go read out this mess in front of you and try to get north and get 40 yards. <laughs> like, get them in space let them do a little something. When you bring it up in that context, like, is that because C.J. Stroud in 2021 was a brand-new quarterback who they didn't have the confidence to push the ball down the field as much as yeah, they did maybe. in 2022? Is it because Trevion and Mayan – 
were hurt? Is it because Curtis Samuel was hurt? Like uh, Curtis Samuel, sorry, Evan Pryor He's was back. hurt. Um, <laughs> New be- Curtis Samuel. Because today, in talking to Tony Alford about Evan Pryor's return and just his mindset and his health, you know, he said that they ran the exact same play in practice today that they ran last year when he got hurt, which was a wheel, a wheel route. route. So, like, you go, oh, okay, maybe that is part of it. But is that a quarterback thing? Because they're like, well, we got a younger guy, we got an experienced guy, we need to have these safer throws. Or is it the running backs? I think, I think also, I think yes, but also a quarterback growing in confidence last year was like, why would I throw it to the guy right there when I can throw it to that guy down yeah. there? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll get it though. I don't care if he's covered. But that's the, you can push the, you can push the ball down the field with the running backs out of the backfield. Yeah. I just think like, uh-huh. a wheel can be one of the most explosive plays. Like that's why everyone gets super excited. And, and even like, you're like, you can see it transpiring in the press box. You're like, uh oh, mm-hmm. here he comes out of the backfield. It's going to be something explosive. Well, I don't know. They, they tried to play all that stuff close to the vest. Like, how much are they going to be involved in the passing game? Who knows? What exactly is Evan Pryor going to do and how, how many touches can he reasonably get? Ohio, like, that room was really excited, aside from Evan Pryor just being healthy and being able to talk about him back to full strength and, and to uh, use the restroom more comfortably. Oh. It was great great insight into very, his recovery process. Very funny. That, that, which, he's got a great, miss that one. great personality. Yeah, uh, flashback to that. You can see, uh, never mind, we won't, we won't write about it. But you, we can tell him what he said. He had to keep his leg straight for two months, and then he talked about how you know when you got to sit down to do your business, it's a little difficult when you got to keep your leg straight. Yeah, it's no. We're all humans here. Inarguable. We're yeah. all humans here. I guess we all do it. Um, he's excited, but I think the rest of the room is excited as well for what he can bring, and that's part of the nature of the brotherhood and all five sticking around is that they are pulling for each other. They see how they complement and work together, and. I don't know. It's nice to be able to talk about that element of Evan Pryor again because it was premature in spring when he was injured, and you can, you're can you not going to project a role for somebody who's not healthy at that time, and Ohio State didn't. But he also changes things. He has got some unique athleticism. Yeah. It was yeah. clear a year ago they had plans for Evan Pryor in the mm-hmm. offense, and then you have that taken away. And then you have plans for Jackson Smith and Jigba in the offense, and that's taken away. And so all of a sudden the entire offense had to evolve. So now maybe you go back to what you were thinking – Last year, except you trans, you know, fix, transmute, change out uh, Marvin Harrison for Jackson Smith and Jigba in that slot role where you say, hey, we're going to do all these things. And you should definitely watch Bill and Doug's in-depth dive into Marvin from earlier on Saturday morning. If you haven't, it was very educational. But like the offense can do so many different things that you can't get bogged down in which guy do we have to give touches to. It's like what works this week and the Buckeyes will play a handful of different teams who run a lot of, you know, very different styles of defense. But one thing that Notre Dame is going to do, one thing Penn State's going to do, one thing Wisconsin's going to do, Mich- they're going to uh, pressure, pressure, pressure. So any of those little blitz breakers that you can put in there will be vital for Ohio State and Kyle McCord. Yeah, I think I think they'll embrace that. I, I don't get the sense that like, the running backs in particular, the players themselves, I don't think are thinking about phase concern whatsoever about like the depth of talent and what that might mean for their touches. I think Tony gets a little frustrated being asked about it because we've been asking about it for six months now, but or seven months, I guess. Um, <laughs> seven long, years. A long time, yeah. How long has he been here since, <laughs> since he got on campus? But I think that the players, to your point, Austin, like I sense nothing but excitement from all those guys. Like 
Mayan Williams is genuinely happy that he and Trevion are healthy. Trevion is genuinely happy that Evan Pryor is healthy. Dallin Hayden um, does not emote as much as as much as those I guys. I couldn't do. tell if he was excited. <laughs> but I think he is like he's about his business and doesn't seem concerned. Like, oh, these guys are back. How am I going to get my touches? Like, he's just going to do his best to work for them and, and try to get them. So, I think it's a pretty healthy room. It, it's it's possible in a scenario like this that maybe it wouldn't be because there are so many mouths to feed and, and older guys like Berm said too. I think can further complicate that. But I don't sense that with this group. Maybe this is too big of a leap, but I wonder if the NIL era has actually helped running backs embrace that. They get along. I'm not saying that it's purely about that, but if you're not playing for an NFL contract and he's like, I have to show that I can be a 300 carry NFL player, and like because you're already making some money, maybe this doesn't belong in this conversation at all. But I think it's it may be part of it because all five of those guys whether it was obvious or not, we're, getting, we're being offered money to leave Ohio State. And they all said no. I think that the Buckeyes have done a good job making sure that current players are comfortable with their NIL situation. And if you, you know, I remember Berm on our last pre-COVID recruiting trip, it was Travion and Evan Pryor on the same deal. And we've told this story before, but they envisioned working together to ease the, the workload so that they could get to the NFL and, and with an eye on a second contract and save the wear and tear. I wonder how much that's helping Ohio State. There's good chemistry and there's comfort. And I think they have an understanding that there's a, an ability and an opportunity for all five of them to play. Maybe not as much as they grew, envisioned growing up, yeah. but enough to still be contributing to a championship team. And without deep, deep diving into the NFL, like all you have to do is look at the league right now and look what's happened to Saquon Barkley and Dalvin Cook and a lot of running backs around the league who are and were the bell cow both in college and in their first NFL contract. And teams are reluctant to give them what they are worth. And so I do think that there is an understanding or a shifting understanding of at the running back position that, hey, if I can have 150 less carries mm -hmm. or 200 less carries than that guy, my chances of lasting a little bit longer in the NFL are better. I mean, Evan Pryor, I said, you know, what's your mindset going into the season knowing you haven't played football in four years? Like, he has not played since 2019 because of COVID in 2020, uh, and then redshirting and then getting hurt. Like, this is four years without playing football. And he said, well, I'm fresh. <laughs> so, like, okay, I mean, like, that's it. So, yeah. you, that's what you have to focus on. And uh, all five of these guys aren't going to be back next year one way or the other. Mine's going to go off to the NFL. Travion certainly will move to the NFL. And then next year, the problem will be different. You'll have to figure out how to incorporate uh, James Peoples and Jordan Lyle, the running, the freshman who will be here. But like what you have is a group that understands their role and is leaning into it as opposed to what Bill said. Like you could push back. You could be, yep. a, you could be annoyed. You could say, well, I came to Ohio State to be the next Eddie George. Like that's, that world doesn't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a testament to Tony Alford. I think that he has created that kind of culture within his room, not only with the guys who are on the roster, but it also allows him to get two running backs in the class, which I think is be difficult in other circumstances. I don't know if that's the case everywhere. I'm sure there are other schools that routinely bring in too, but he has found something, I think, to help guys understand that, that it's okay if you go to the next level and people don't already view you as damaged goods because you don't have that wear and tear on you. Anything else? No. I mean, I, I, it's just it's one of these positions where – we look at the overall group and you go, this is really exciting. But then there's always everything about this offense this year right now has the asterisk of, but the quarterback and offensive line play has to be what you expect for, for these guys to really get to be their best. Um, but, you know, that's it. I mean, it, it's a really good group. It's probably the best running back group 
room in the country. And I don't think people will see that statistically um, this season. I don't think it'll play out that way. But I don't think there should be any doubting confidence in that group, no matter which guy gets run out there. Yeah, it's uh, it's certainly an interesting situation for Ohio State at running back. They've got the opportunity ahead of them to be the best in the country, as you said, Berm. We'll see how it transpires over the course of August. Training camp well underway in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center, so snap judgments are also back. Hope you enjoyed this one. Hope you have uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend. We will be back uh, with the podcast daily and so much more on Monday as camp rolls along for Ohio State. For Bill and Berm, I am Austin. We'll talk to you later.